All right, everybody, this is Kevin Vass from thedietwars.com, and in this video, I'm going to talk to you guys about chemical sunscreens. There was a set of two papers that came out in 2019-2020 that showed that the concentration in the blood of some of the chemicals in sunscreen of unknown toxicity uh, exceeded the threshold at which the FDA had to say, okay, we can't simply say this is safe by default. We have to uh, have more testing in order to feel confident that this is actually safe to have in these products. And that threshold is 0.5 nanograms per milliliter. And anything that comes under that threshold is considered generally recognized as safe and effective, if it's also effective, with some other details, uh, also known as gr grass or grace in this particular case, G-R-A-S-E. But then anything that has a concentration that's higher actually needs safety testing. And this is based on some calculations by the FDA about what tends to be uh, potentially toxic and what tends not to be, uh, whenever, like at what concentrations, things that are toxic tend to be toxic. Okay. And so on the basis of, of these two studies, I, uh, was on a podcast and I was asked about sunscreen and I mentioned my take on this and what I did with sunscreen, which is that I don't wear sunscreen. I wear a rash guard to cover my entire body. I told the story about, uh, a melanoma that I had that left this scar, if you can see here, and how that probably came about as a result of excessive sunlight during a period of my life when I was running outside without a shirt several days a week in the midday summer in Texas. Um, and then after that point, I became very careful about covering my body. Um, so as a result of, of saying that on the podcast, saying, Hey, you know, I don't, I don't wear chemical sunscreen because of these two studies. Some people, um, said that I was spreading misinformation. They were quite aggressive about it. So I released a post talking about the studies, analyzing them, talking about what they showed, which is simply this. Uh, these studies showed that there are certain chemicals in sunscreens quite a few chemicals that get into the blood and that exceed this five nanogram per milliliter concentration. We don't know if they're safe or not because we haven't done the requisite studies on them. We haven't done the requisite toxicology studies. We don't know if they're safe or not. Uh, that's it. And so as a result, I was going to be cautious and just, you know, wear a rash guard and not wear chemical sunscreen. That's my take. And that's what I understand of things. And that's what I said. And that's what I said in these subsequent posts. And I was like, okay, you know, this is a reasonable take. <clears throat> I also made a post with an infographic by the FDA. In fact, I can go ahead and include it here for your perusal. Uh, I just posted the inf infographic by the FDA after people started calling me uh, a grifter. <clears throat> and this infographic very clearly states the FDA's position to the public. It's directed to the public. It says the ingredients, zinc oxide and titanium dioxide, are proposed to be safe and effective for sunscreen use. And two, uh, aminobenzoic acid and trolamine salicylate are proposed as not safe and effective for sunscreen use. 
FDA proposes that it needs more safety information for the remaining 12 sunscreen ingredients. And uh, those are the chemical sunscreen ingredients that we're referring to. So the FDA itself, I said, it needs more safety information. It doesn't know if it's safe. And the way this works is these compounds have been in sunscreens for quite a while. And once these studies came out in 2019, 2020, industry said, whoa, 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 wait a second. Can you please like give us some time to test and show that this is safe or not and then change it? But like, don't make us change a bunch of stuff if it just turns out that these things are okay anyway. So let us give us time to test and we'll make sure that there, these things are safe so that we don't have to take things off the market and have this disruption to the whole <laughs> sunscreen industry and make things very complicated and challenging for people. So FDA was like, okay, fine. You guys, you guys have two years. We might give you an extension if you're making good progress, but you've, you've got to get this data together quick. And so right now these, uh, these industries are, are in the process of testing these compounds systematically doing this systematic toxicology. While these chemical sunscreens are still on the market. So given this information that the FDA itself is not sure whether it wants to certify these chemicals as, as grace, I said, you know, it's, it's reasonable to then want to use a mineral sunscreen instead. And, uh, until we have enough data, I feel like that's a completely evidence-based position. It may be overly cautious, but Hey, if, if it makes no difference and you can just use mineral sunscreen, which is what I, do, I use now, especially after like really diving into the sunscreen issue a lot recently, uh, I think it's great. It's, it's anti-aging. It's perfect. Uh, but that's what I use now is a mineral sunscreen on my face. And then the rest, again, I cover my body and I think it's a completely reasonable, perfectly reasonable position, but I kept getting mobbed by followers of, uh, of Daniel Bellardo who had Renella Hirsch on and um, Michelle Wong, uh, who's a, all the everybody who have just mentioned is a doctor, and uh, it's been kind of emphasized by these figures that chemicals on the screens are completely safe. But I just don't think that the FDA agrees with that position. It's possible that we could say that the FDA is overly cautious, but I don't think that is the position of the FDA. It's not the position of the FDA. It is not, okay, let's say it is not the position of the FDA that these chemical sunscreens are safe. That's a fact. And we're going to show that in this video. But in order to show that sort of in the process of showing that, I want to go through some of the claims made by Michelle Wong. And she's been very nice to recently reach out to me and uh, mention that the, uh, that the uh, European Union allows these compounds in their sunscreens and there's some data over at the EU that suggests that some of these sunscreens might be safe. I don't know if it's the data that's sufficient to satisfy the FDA, but it, so again, it's like the question is, okay, is it rigorous enough? Is it systematic enough to, to really show that these are safe? And if it's not, then, you know, why take the risk? Um, and, and it's probably not because if it, if it was, then I'm sure the FDA would agree with Dr. Wong, right? Because then the FDA would see things the same way because the data is the same as Dr. You know, you know, because it's sufficient to satisfy the FDA. So it's clearly not the case that it meets FDA standards. And I like the FDA's being, 
conservative. But let's go look at Dr. Wong's video because there are some things that I don't agree with in this video. I don't think that are fair to what the FDA actually says and has said about uh, sunscreen. And I want to point this out to sort of, again, flesh out why my position is a legitimate one. And I don't think it's misinformation. I don't think like I'm a bad person for having it. I don't think I'm spreading. I'm a grifter. I just think I'm, my position is entirely consistent with the FDA and probably more, in my opinion, my position is more consistent with the FDA's position than the position that these sunscreens are definitely safe. I don't think that that position is actually consistent with what the FDA has written. So let's look at this video. Four, five, six days later, and levels much, much higher than deemed safe. This study keeps being used to scare people about chemical sunscreens. Here's what actually happened. The FDA published two studies in 2020 where they put sunscreen on people and measured how much absorbed into their blood. They found more than half a nanogram per mil. Now, a whole bunch of people thought this meant that the sunscreens were past the safe limit. But that's not what this is. Okay. Let's actually go back to the very beginning with the very first person says, I'm going to fact check each statement in the video. And at levels much, much higher than deemed safe. So at, at levels much, much higher than deemed safe. So the levels that are deemed safe, generally recognized as safe and effective, are below 0.5 nanograms per mil. I think that statement is actually accurate. It's deemed safe when it's below 0.5 nanograms per mil. Let's make this other qualification and nuance, though. It's not necessarily unsafe because it's above, but it's deemed safe when it's below. What is actually the case, according to the FDA, the FDA's position, as I'm going to show, is that above 0.5 nanograms per milliliter, it's neither safe or unsafe. It's uncertain. It's unclear. That's the FDA's practical position. Let's keep going though. And I'm going to demonstrate that. This study keeps being used to scare people about chemical sunscreens. Here's what actually happened. The FDA published two studies in 2020 where they put sunscreen on people and measured how much absorbed into their blood. They found more than half a nanogram per mil. Now, a whole bunch of people thought this meant that the sunscreens were past the safe limit. But that's not what this is. If it's below half a nanogram per mil, the FDA considers the ingredient safer by default. Again, I would push back against that. I don't think there's a category of safer by default. If it's below 0.5 nanograms per mil, it just doesn't need to undergo additional safety testing because it's it's considered generally recognized as safe and effective and you don't, assuming it's also effective, and you don't need that testing. It's basically right. It's thought to be safe. Okay. And then if it's above that range, it's it's considered unclear and uncertain and you need additional safety testing. I don't think it's safer or, or, or less safe or if it crosses that threshold, it's simply it's uncertain versus safe. Okay, so it's safe or it's uncertain. I think that's really what the FDA categories are. And they don't need extra data. For some reason, the FDA always assumed that the sunscreen amounts were below this, even though this 2004 study also found higher levels. Another way of interpreting that is simply that over time it takes it takes time to 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 change the system, and policymakers and people in different regulate regulatory agencies they don't always go exactly at the r- super rapid rate of, of 
of w- at which science is developing. You have a bunch of different issues you have to deal with at a given time. You can only deal with some of them. You have to prioritize. You can't deal with everything all at the same time unless you have, you know, more than enough staff in order to deal with it. But if you don't have enough staff, you don't have enough resources, you have to pick and choose your battles. And I think that's basically what's happened with sunscreens. So I would, again, push back. It's not like they're assuming anything. It's just that their practical position has been such that it's considered safe for the time being, or they're not going to deal with the issue because they just didn't have time until now. That's my per- interpretation. Let's keep going. And the FDA press release both say this. They need more studies to work out what the effects these levels have. And this doesn't mean that sunscreen is unsafe. That's true. I agree with that. It doesn't mean that sunscreen is unsafe, right? Their conclusion is not that sunscreen is unsafe. But if you listen to the original video that she's debunking, that woman doesn't say the FDA thinks sunscreens are unsafe either. Check this out. That's not true. So check it out. Read what the editorial says. She actually has it linked here. We'll start with what she's underlined. She says avoidance of the, or the editorial says avoidance of the sunscreen ingredients highlighted in this study or of sunscreen altogether could have significantly negative health implications. So it's possible that if you avoid these ingredients or if you avoid sunscreen altogether, and really it's about avoiding sunscreen altogether because if you take sunscreen or use sunscreen um, and it's not involving these ingredients, you're just fine because other kinds of sunscreen is also very good. So it's really about if you just decide not to use sunscreen because you're worried about sunscreen because of these ingredients. All it's saying is this could have significant health implications. It's not actually a recommendation. This, pay, this editorial is not written to the lay public. It's not written to recommend anything. It's just making a statement of fact. And I agree with this. But I think that her, her saying that the uh, this editorial is recommending something is inaccurate. It's not. It's just making a statement of fact. This editorial is not a recommendation document. Okay, but let's continue because it gets a little bit more interesting because if you read past that sentence that she quoted, it says, at a minimum, physicians should recommend the use of sunscreen formulations containing grace ingredients such as titanium oxide, sorry, titanium dioxide and zinc oxide as part of a larger program of photoprotection. Before I continue the sentence, let's point this out. What it's saying is that at a minimum, physicians should recommend mineral sunscreens rather than chemical sunscreens if they think the risk is sufficient or the uncertainty is sufficient such that they don't want to take the risk. So they'll recommend just mineral sunscreens instead of chemical sunscreens. And this was exactly my position, right? This is exactly what I got in trouble for. And I got mobbed by the social media mob, the Instagram mob for saying the FDA actually has my position, or at least this editorial does. And we'll see that many people at the FDA also have my position. Interestingly enough. Um, so let's finish the sentence though. It says, as part of a larger protection of photo protection that includes shade, seeking shade, wearing protective clothing, which is also my position, hats and sunglasses until meaningful answers to these questions are available. So at minimum, you can wear this mineral, mineral, uh, mineral sunscreen, cover your body until meaningful answers to these questions are available. At minimum, it's not recommending using necessarily chemical sunscreen. It's saying it could have negative implications if people stop using sunscreen altogether because they're using, they're not using chemical sunscreen. But at a minimum, you can recommend using mineral sunscreen and uh, these other protective measures. That's exactly my position. And she's quoting 
a paper that basically says exactly my position, but she's using one particular quote, taking it a little bit out of context to say, suggest that it's recommending chemical sunscreens. And it's not. It's not recommending chemical sunscreens. It's simply stating a fact and then saying it's also a reasonable position to recommend only mineral sunscreens until further data become available. Bam. Okay, let's keep going. And to keep using sunscreens. And if we look outside of the U.S., the EU regulators have been taking this blood of salt. All right. So before we go do that, though, I want to go look at some FDA documents. Okay. Actually, let's just finish this because then we can close the window out and you, can, you guys can read the documents a little bit better. So look at this. ...into account the whole time. And all of these chemical sunscreen ingredients are still considered safe in the EU. Right. So the EU uh, thinks they're safe. But that doesn't necessarily answer the question. And I went and looked at uh, Dr. Wong's blog and uh, I couldn't find any detailed breakdowns of any of the European Union studies that they used. Uh, I'm, that's not to say that they weren't there. Like I only like I only read one of her posts, which is extremely long and detailed. And it was a, a masterwork in debunking is very good. So she's very smart and and good at this stuff. But she didn't talk about the, the EU studies. That maybe, as she suggested to me in some messages, uh, were overlooked by the FDA. It doesn't; it's not mentioned on on her blog. So I, d I don't have a chance to look at those studies. But the FDA, at least for whatever reason, and they had you know dozens of people on these papers when they wrote these research papers. I'm sure they're aware of the EU studies. For whatever reason, they don't think they're they're adequate or sufficient. So that's the FDA. Uh, she may disagree with the FDA. We might disagree with the FDA, but that's what the FDA says. Now, let's go look a little bit more at what the FDA says because it's very interesting. And I'm going to cut out the window now, and we're going to go check out what the FDA actually says. First of all, there's a question and answer in one of the press releases. <clears throat> in this question and answer, uh, it says, should consumers only use sunscreens with zinc, zinc oxide and or titanium dioxide? And this is a very convoluted paragraph, but it's really interesting and important because it basically says, <laughs> it basically says, we don't know. <laughs> it says the proposed order does not represent a conclusion by the FDA. Okay. That the active, that the sunscreen active ingredients proposed as having insufficient data are unsafe for using sunscreens. In other words, it's not the conclusion of the FDA that these ingredients are unsafe. They just have insufficient data, meaning it's neither safe or unsafe. We just don't know. That's what that sentence says. It's it's unclear. But we're not saying it's unsafe because we don't have any strong data that it's unsafe. But we're not saying it's safe either because we don't have data to show that it's safe. We just are saying that we don't know. That's what the FDA is saying. And it says, rather, we are requesting additional information on these ingredients. Okay. Right. So that we can evaluate their gray states and life change conditions, including substantially increased sunscreen usage and involving information about the potential risk associated with these pro products since they were originally evaluated. So now that they have these data showing increased blood levels, they want to see additional safety data. Okay. And it goes on. It says sun safety is important for everyone in all skin tones and consumers can reduce risk from sun exposure with continuous use of sun protection measures, including sunscreen. Right. Now, that's very interesting. It doesn't say chemical sunscreen. It just says sunscreen. So it's endorsing sunscreen, but it's completely leaving off the question of whether or not they're endorsing chemical sunscreen, which is completely consistent with the, what its policy position is on grace. Why would it recommend and say, use chemical sunscreen, right? 
when it's saying it's not grace. It's not grace. Why would it recommend it? Right. It, it's, it's about to even threaten to take it off the market. Right. It's about to threaten to take it off the market. It can't be grace. Okay. Let's keep going. Let's look at another press release. Uh, this is basically what she said. She pointed out. So we're going to skip this. And yes, and she's correct that the papers do say, and let's read, they do say uh, for the final sentence on the abstract, these results do not indicate that individuals should refrain from the use of sunscreen. But again, it doesn't say refrain from the use of chemical sunscreen. It just says from sunscreen. So say, yes, you should use sunscreen, but we're not going to tell you what you should actually use, right? It's very neutral and it's very careful in its wording. Because it's not going to tell you to use chemical sunscreen when it doesn't know if it's safe. Why would it do that? Okay. That's what the FDA paper says from the JAMA FDA paper. In the same paper, the same statement is also present in the 2020 paper. These findings do not indicate that individuals should refrain from the use of sunscreen. Not chemical sunscreen, but sunscreen in general. Totally reasonable position. It says... For another press relief, he says, this, there's, this is a complex area of medicine and policy right now, to say the least. As a trained healthcare provider and director of CDER's Office of Non-Prescription Drugs, what do you want the public to know about sunscreen? Okay. FDA official, FDA official says, one thing, please protect yourself from the sun, the sun. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, uh, sun safety is important for everyone, including people of all skin tones. Consumers should continue to use sun protection measures, including broad spectrum sunscreen of SPF 15 or higher as we gain more safety data on sunscreen ingredients. Again, it doesn't endorse chemical sunscreen. It just says use sunscreen. The FDA is being very careful here. It's not endorsing chemical sunscreen. It is not. It is not saying it's safe. It's not. So at the end of another uh, editorial by Adamson, Adderwell Adamson, at the end it says, in the absence of clear data demonstrating harm, the use of chemical sunscreen may still be considered appropriate. Semicolon. The use of mineral-based sunscreen is a well-established alternative. Okay. Again, it's saying the same thing that I'm saying, saying it may be considered, may still be considered appropriate. It's may. Right. May is a, is a, is an ambiguous word that also implies might. Okay. But then it's also saying, well, you know, if you don't want to use that, you can also use mineral sunscreen. And it says at the end, it says until then the harms of absorption of sunscreen filters will remain uncertain. Okay. So it's saying it's an uncertain area. Here is a JAMA, uh, Interview of Dan, or sorry, not Dan Strauss. What's, what's the, um, I think Dan Strauss is a jujitsu guy. <laughs> David Strauss, who's a composer. In any case, he's a, he's an MD PhD scientist at the FDA, a senior scientist. And <clears throat> it says, JAMA asked them the question, in both papers, you were clear that these findings don't mean that people shouldn't use sunscreen. We don't know yet know if the ingredient levels in blood are actually unsafe, right? Strauss says that's correct. Just because a sunscreen active ingredient or some other type of ingredient is absorbed does not mean it's unsafe. We don't have information now to suggest they're unsafe. 
However, these findings reinforce the importance of gathering additional data to determine if these active ingredients have any effects that would be especially present with chronic long-term use. Here's where we get the good stuff, though, he says. It's also important to note that the proposed rule for sunscreen FDA found that two of the ingredients, zinc oxide and titanium oxide, are generally recognized as safe and effective. Additional data are not required for those ingredients. If consumers are concerned while additional data are being collected, the zinc oxide and titanium dioxide-based products are an option. Ha, ha, ha. It's getting hot in here because he just said exactly what I said. And he's at the FDA. He was the person who wrote the study. Dr. Wong, come on. That wasn't a whip cracking, although it could have been. That sounded like a whip crack. It was supposed to be a baseball, but I don't play. I don't know how baseball sounds, but it could be a whip cracking. I like that even more. So there you go, man. I don't know what, I don't know how to to say it any more than that. Like my position is totally valid. I don't think it's an, it's an invalid position. I don't think it's inf- misinformation and people need to stop saying that it is. And there's this one guy who just kept, he sent me like 20 messages over the last like eight hours. He's getting blocked. All right. Don't spam me and don't go into my comments and start messaging everybody that I'm wrong and like replying to each and every person one after the other that I'm wrong. Don't do that. Or you're going to get blocked. And this guy's getting blocked and just be respectful. Okay. And that's all I ask for people. Just please be respectful and don't, and don't waste my time like that. But my man, I want you to see this video before I block you. That's all. I want you to see the hammer coming down on you right before I block you because, uh, please be respectful. And that goes for my followers too. Don't mob people that you don't like. Don't mob people for having bad science. Don't do that. You know what you should be doing though? You should be writing a review on this podcast. Okay. You should be writing a review because I get mobbed on this podcast. I get like rating bombed all the time by people who don't like it. Okay. So if you like this podcast, please leave a good rate rating or review, especially a review because I've got all these one star reviews with like lots of misspelled words of people saying that David Sinclair and Huberman are the greatest scientists who've ever lived. And I'm just a resentful, jealous person who doesn't make any money. You know, they probably, you know, they're not the greatest scientists who ever lived, but there may be some truth to me being a bitter, resentful person who doesn't make any money. But still, like, at least they are not the great, they're not the greatest scientists who ever lived. With that said, um, I hope you guys like this. Also check out my TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and Patreon. Last but not least, you guys need to keep helping me grow my Patreon. Because if you don't help me grow my Patreon, I'm not going to be able to keep doing this. And I'm giving you the good news, the good stuff. So please do help because the help is much appreciated. Check me out on The Kevin Bass Show on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. That is where you can leave that beautiful rating review. And on YouTube, make sure to leave a rating or to leave a comment. And my friends, like the YouTube video. One thing you could even do is you could like start the YouTube video, put it on mute and leave it running. Let make sure the whole thing runs. That will help the algorithm as well. So (laughs) 
Hope you guys enjoyed this stuff. Send me a donation. Send me money. Make my day. Because I'm giving you always the good stuff. And there's never any bias here, man. Or at least I'm always working on it. Because um, I've had bias too. And I'm always trying to beat it out of myself. And here's one place where I'm trying to beat it out of myself. I'm talking to you about what, do you, what I do. I'm not trying to sugarcoat anything. We need more data. Once we get more data, then we can rest confident these things, these sunscreens are okay. Hope that was helpful for you, just as it's been helpful for me. See you guys next time. Peace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.